This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You're listening to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 308, brought to you by Graphically. Of the magnetic strife, shuffling of columns to form a mutual. You didn't know that I had it in me Without your love and unspent capsule I didn't know you had it in you You the key to our continuous Hey and welcome to the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast episode 308 My name as always is Ron Richards and I'm here with Connor Kilpatrick Hello And Josh Flanagan Hello everyone all right. Uh, we are from the website ifanboy.com, which is a website dedicated to the celebration of all things comic books. Uh, we Every week we go to the store and we get a whole – or go to our iPads or whatever. How it, The world is changing. It's hard to keep up. Very and, confusing. And we get a whole stack of comics and read them. And one of us uh, takes, uh, takes the challenge of 
identifying the book that he de- he deemed to be the pick of the week, the best book that he enjoyed the most this week, and writes a review of it over at iFanboy. And we come back here to discuss it, as well as all the other books that came out. And there were a lot of books that came out. And other items of interest. I uh, want to warn you before we get into the show, we're going to be talking about what happens in the books themselves. So if you haven't read your comics yet, you might get spoiled. So you might want to uh, press pause and come back and listen later, or uh, just deal with it. If in case you get something spoiled, we're sorry in advance. Uh, but you knew the risk. We warned you. Uh, wow. This week, Connor had the pick. Two things about this week that were interesting. One, as you said, there was a lot of books, but they were, on the whole, I thought pretty good. It was, it was a great week. I gave really out great of week. five stars on yeah. iFanboy this we, week. Look at, that's never happened, that we all said it was a great week. Yeah, it was Usually a, one or two of us will say it, the other one will go, eh. Yeah, no, it was, it was a great week. It was a f- totally. really fun week. And know what I, think, I, I think it was a great week, then we're gonna, as we're going to find out, for diff- like we found it was good for different reasons. I'm Probably. sure. Yeah, yeah. So. I'm sure. The other it's thing like I the stuff was, you like sucks. Yeah, exactly. This was a week where I thought, and it hasn't happened in a while because of the reboot that Marvel had a really strong week over DC. Yep. I thought there was a lot of really good stuff from Marvel this week. And it was, it was a fun week. And I, but the, the best book this week was Wolverine and the X-Men number one. So it was the pick of the week. Chris Bocciolo on art. Jason Aaron on story. We're going to talk about Jason Aaron because this was one of his weeks where all his books came out. And it's, it'll be a discussion we can talk about in a minute. But first, Wolverine and the X-Men. Uh, schism happened. We, I read it. Ron read it. We enjoyed it. I, I'm always in and out of the X-Men. I always... I read them as a kid. I liked them as a kid. I fell off out of the X-Men in the 90s. I keep wanting to find that run of the X-Men that I'll hook onto and love. And I keep trying. I tried Brewbreaker. I tried uh, Fraction. I tried Gillen. And, I, and they've been good in different ways, but I haven't really found that run to be hooked into. And I'm hoping Wolverine and the X-Men number one is that run because this was so much fun. I'm so glad that you liked it too. It was – oh, God. I was Because I was, I was all ready to be the lone person ranting and raving about how great it was this week. And I saw you made it the pick and I was like delightfully surprised. Yeah, this, this was tons of fun. And, I'm, and admittedly, it's, an, it's a book written for adults. I mean it's basically a tour of the school and it's very much a comedy book. In this, at least this particular issue is. Um, as the state inspectors come to certify the Jean Grey School for Higher Learning. Yep. Um, uh, to make it an actual school. And the headmaster Wolverine and the headmistress Kitty Pride have to show them around. And it's dealing with bureaucracy and Wolverine trying to be a mature adult while there's all this chaos around him because it's a school for mutants being built by Beast, who's hopped up on caffe- caffeine. <laughs> and there's all these crazy things happening. And the danger room is now the entire school and can, can pop up anywhere, including the bathroom while you're using it. And it was. It, to me, it was it was one long. It was it's almost like you could, you could take a, it was one long tracking shot as they walked through the school of comedy of errors happening around them as Wolverine and Kitty tried to persuade these bureaucrats that this is a school worth certifying. And Bachelot's art was fantastic. I continue to be one of his biggest fans. It's it was it made the idea that this was an issue of people talking. It made it dynamic and interesting and exciting because his art is dynamic and interesting and exciting. And it, it, it just, I mean, there was a little bit of action in the, in the, in, in, here and there, and then it ends with a big action cliffhanger, which we'll get to next issue. I'm sure there'll be a humongous fight. But to me, this was getting the X-Men back to the, uh, to the class and to the school. Where, so I always liked them there. I always liked the idea that this was actually a school, not just a place where superheroes hung out until they went off on their next adventure. There actually is learning and teaching going on here. And there seems to be a lot of thought and effort into putting this as Wolverine wants to teach these kids how to be I guess X Men, and this is the place that's going to happen, and that was really fun. Yep. I mean, that, that's that's really what I what I kind of um, have been saying all week. We we're talking about it in the comic book store and stuff like that. Is that, and I mentioned, you know, I, I wrote an advance review of it earlier this week, and kind of you wrote your pick of the week, and I was glad that our our reviews kind of complement each other because I totally forgot to mention the comedy aspect. Mm-hmm. Like Jason Aaron is funny. Like he's, he's funny. Wrote, he's, you don't realize that from if you own him from Scalp, do you think he's probably yeah. really down? Or but if you meet him in person at a con or something, he's very, very funny. He's very funny, he's and the, co- the comedy totally came out in this. But like, but what's great about this is this whole issue tapped into that magic of what made the X Men special, at least to me, and made and made it. This is the kind, like I said, this is the kind of X Men book I want to read. You know, like yeah. I, I love the idea of because the X Men is you know as much of it's it's their powers and the, the costumes and the adventures, but it's also all living under one roof. The school environment that's kind of like a, a community slash family kind of environment um, and seeing what comes of that. And then, like you said, like the teaching aspect, like the idea that mistakes are going to be made and people learn and all that sort of stuff. Like it just totally tapped into all that stuff that I loved about the X-Men 20 years ago, but doing it you know, in a way that is new and fresh now, um, it, which isn't easy. He's also set up a lot of different dynamics that will be interesting if they if they continue to be explored. I mean, yeah. Toad is there. Toad is the Milton of the uh, from Office Space. He wants yeah. his he he wants his bed. He's got no respect. They keep him in, they keep him downstairs as he mops. 
Um, but there's also Wolverine has to kind of grow up here. Yeah. You know, he granted he does start the day with a shot, which <laughs> as, I know a couple of teachers, and I know that's probably not far off. Um, <laughs> and uh, but he's got to put on the suit and tie. He's got to walk bureaucrats around. He's got to be Professor Xavier. And it's yeah. funny because if you think about all the X Men who would be Professor Xavier, you wouldn't Wolverine wouldn't be the first choice. But he's become <laughs> that. He's fallen into that role. And plus, you've that's got what makes it interesting. Yeah. I mean, right. When you want to when you want to make a choice, you want to make one that isn't expected. Exactly. Yep. And you've got a bunch of people who are at the school who aren't necessarily good. You've got Quentin Quire. You've got these other kind of bully X-Men. So there's lots of different dynamics here. Plus, you've got the new Hellfire Club who who have attacked the X-Men at the very end and who are the man, bad guys in Schism who haven't gone away yet. Which are, which so, I think are a great – I mean is a great kind of foil for it. And, and everything was great. Like from the opening scene with Wolverine giving Xavier a tour of the school because th- throughout all this, the one question I had, I'm like, where's Xavier? Like throughout schism and all stuff, like Xavier just kind of totally fade in the background. So it opens with you know Wolverine kind of getting the blessing from Xavier, and that was that was funny. That was you know where he's like, "Do you have any advice?" He's like, and "Don't say baseball." Like, and so like, that was like nice little nods to the past. Like you mentioned, Wolverine taking the shot in the beginning. I love in Wolverine's office on the shelves. There's like liquor and a katana and like you know, like it's you know and you know Kitty who is very much the the embodiment of the X Men grown up. Like she was a student at thirteen and now she's the headmistress and that you know that. that that kind of works great. Um, like you said, Beast. The, the, it's funny because Beast kind of reminds me of – do you remember, geez, like four or five reboots ago um, <laughs> when, when Beast had – I like, say no. When Beast had those goggles – um, it, yes. it, on the cover, it, yes. I, it looks like that's what they're kind of going back to. And I like on the cover of Beast, Beast got like screwdrivers on his belt. Like he's that, you know, he's, and he's built this amazing kind of facility, which I want to see more of, you know, like, yes. <laughs> you know, like I would love, and the, the, my favorite, favorite thing of the issue, um, wasn't so much the, the issue itself. I mean, I love the issue. Also, I love the, the tying back into Shi'ar and getting yes. a, a kid gladiator, which is There's awesome. There's so many elements yeah. going on here, which is, which is. Lots of balls in the air. So many things going on, which is awesome. But then you finish the issue and you turn the page and there's a fantastic faculty and student page yep. with the little representations of each character and like the little art as to, to kind of show off what their powers are, which is awesome. And then the whole back matter of the class schedule. With the brochure for the school. Hysterical. Um, and the uh, classes and the special events. I mean, this is, there's a lot of – you know, well thought going into this. Yeah, it's it's a school. And and actually, I followed up and I and and I followed up with with Jason Aaron to ask him. He wrote all of this back matter. Mm-hmm. So like all the classes, you know, like the you know the art of fighting without fighting with with Logan, the art of fighting with fighting. Like, <laughs> it was it was like ethics one hundred and one for getting everything you ever learned from Emma Frost. <laughs> Algebra sucks, I know, but you still have to learn it with Professor Bobby Drake. <laughs> like these are hysterical. They're great. Like and it just this, this sense of fun, you know. So I don't know. We talked about my last pick, I believe, was Omac, which is in the same vein. I just yep. you know these days I'm, I'm I enjoy my scalps and my Batman, but I also really respond to the really fun comics that are action-packed but also make you laugh and yeah because you know, we're supposed to be enjoying these these things the uh, I, the, I, the extracurricular activities such as comic book club reading the classics from kirby to morrison and <laughs> and the quote let's all clean up after ourselves club with custodian toad <laughs> <laughs> now, now josh you read this you're not a big expert yeah i did uh i liked it a lot and i think that when you talk about uh, i liked that it was silly i think yeah. and and i don't mean that in a bad way because and that's, I think, one of the big criticisms that I think I've seen about it is people like, it, you know, it wasn't what they wanted out of it. But there's another X Men book, I believe. Yeah, yeah. Gil- and I'm yeah, gonna Gil- guess is, yeah. that that one is not going to be silly. Right. You know, like you'll you'll have a different thing. So this is like the thing, Con- you know, Connor has talked about it for years. Is is the sort of flexibility of a character like Batman, and you can put him in a bunch of different kinds of books, and the character sort of supports it. And so this is like a different kind of thing. You know, that's that's different. That's that's fun. Well, I, is very I similar like that. Than that. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, like it's it's the contrast of all that that makes it work. Um, I, uh, you know, in the past, I, th- I think you guys you guys didn't start off as Bocello fans. He took him no. a while to win you it's, over. I, I believe it's Bocello before Scotty Young yells at us. I I wasn't. I'm gonna I say Bocello. <laughs> I wasn't a Bocello fan until. <laughs> Um, he did Spider Man. Then I really came around on him. Oh, I've been a Bachello fan since Generation X, and like, and I couldn't, I couldn't help but think of his work on Generation X because that was really the work that established him. You know how you know fifteen years ago, and in a similar kind of environment, and to see, and I kind of went back and I was looking at that art, and comparing the two, and it's just amazing to see how he's grown as a cartoonist, and you know, like I remember, you know, people criticized like Avengers with all those talking heads and the, the, the you know, the stuff like that. 
you know, yes, he's great at action. And the last page with the with the, my theory is that uh, the school is built on Krakoa or a relative of Krakoa. And that's what it is that that came up to eat the school and the last page. But um, his like facial expressions and his layouts and I mean, he's just great. He's awesome. It was it was a well acted issue, I thought. And and that's one of the strengths of having this more cartoony type of uh, evocative sort of style. And I think it actually lends itself to this. And if you can get behind the fact that it's not necessarily realistic. Um, which, by the way, none of it's realistic, right? <laughs> no, no matter what, um, then then you can actually probably get something out of it. But I could also see, you know, it's not for everybody. That's fine. Uh, I, I, you know, what was interesting about this is that there was a lot of um, there was a lot of nods to the past. I mean, it wasn't like a a book written specifically for people who've never read X Men, but it also didn't ignore that either. I thought that did it pretty well because it was the idea of saying, "Hey, there's stuff that's been going on, but you you can still catch up with this and and go on with it." Um, yeah. And and it felt like a felt like a first issue in in a, in a good way. I, we've been reading so many first issues. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know. And 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 I said I criticized it a little, saying that I thought it was pretty wordy. Um, because but but knowing that 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 it needs to be because it's setting up a lot of stuff, it's explaining a lot of things. You know what? It is now that I'm like I can look at the page and I can see it, but yeah. I didn't feel it when I was reading it. No, it was very breezy. Yeah, very breezily. But um. Oh. And I love the I love the the back the last two pages the things to come the Sneevy with the with the Bradshaw art like this could this could be such a fun ride for X Men fans I just I can't wait it's gonna be like if this is if this is you know Jason Aaron out of the gate with what he's gonna do with the book and I don't expect it to be as silly and I agree with you Josh like not in a bad way but like uh, using the term silly in a bad way but I don't I don't expect it to be like that the whole time but to know that 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 hint of humor because X Men have always had a, a hint of humor even when Claremont was writing it there was always a uh, Stan Lee yeah exactly yeah. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah, there was always there was always a touch of you know tongue and cheekness to to the conversations and the discussions that the, the 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 students had and stuff like that. And there were serious moments, and it got serious when it needed to be, but then it could be lighthearted when it needed to be. I, so. Guys, I don't think they're going to get the license. <laughs> I don't. I, I like that it was never it was never even in question. Yeah. And so there's this sense of well, what are we what are we doing all this for? What it like? Yeah. And I like that it kind of made it into a little bit of a farce yeah. again in a good way. But uh, yeah. I'm I'm real I'm looking forward to seeing more Chris Bacala. Yeah. <laughs> well, speaking of number one, Jason Aaron issues, we also have the Incredible Hulk number one, which Jason Aaron wrote along with fourteen artists. How many people were on this? Two, book? only two. Two pencilers and three inkers. Yeah. That's it fine. was well. It was the, the standard Mark Silvestri as the lead artist, but he did you know listed as penciler, and Michael Broussard did the pencil assists, which basically means that Silvestri did the layouts and Broussard did the finishes. <laughs> <laughs> but still, it looked great. I thought. This was fun. I yeah. really enjoyed this. This was Hulk living in the center of the earth when he'd be left alone and then and, and, and not. Bearded Hulk, alone. awesome. It, so here's the thing. Does he cut his hair normally or does he just will it to be longer? How is that? He must cut I don't it. Know. He must cut it. It must be. It could be a Banner-related thing. Yeah. Well, Banner's yeah, gone. Will. Banner's out. Right. I know that. So yeah. when Banner was there, his hair had something to do with what Banner's hair was like. But now that he's not. Well, Banner's beard too. Now, explain to us who have not read Fear itself how what what happened here. I don't know. Didn't, didn't, uh, I heard about this. Was this <laughs> and, explained? And some, yeah, somebody was talking to me about this, so it may or may not be wrong. I don't know. Uh, Banner and Hulk got in a big argument in their head. Yep. And it made each other very mad, and then they were just separated. Yeah, and then basically, then Hulk said, "That's it. I'm done with you, Banner," and pushed him out. Which is odd because I, Mad was kind of his thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I'm pretty that sure bad? that I'm pretty sure that epilogue that was it was printed it was one of the 90 epilogues at the end of Fear itself. I'm pretty sure Marvel.com um, those are up to to be read on Marvel.com. So if you didn't buy Fear itself and you want to see what happened, you can go check it out there. Um, I don't. Yeah. No, you don't. Oh, you don't. You don't need to know that. All you need to know is no. That no, you, no. Hey, I'm just curious. Yeah. You need to know that they're they're separated and Hulk's living in the center of the Earth with the Moloids. Yep. And uh, we love Hulk. He's kind of like Conan. He's kind of like Cerebus. He's uh, it's fun though. I enjoyed it. I you know I, it's a big it, Jason Aaron. We talked to him in San Diego, and you can see on the video show that it's, he, he's making a big smashy book, and that's basically what it is. Yeah, which I it's fun. Why I hope not dance and love us? <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, it had you know it was underground. It had moloids. It had robots. It had you know like I mean, it had action. Like it it, it, was, it was way I was ready for not to like love this. And not that I loved it, but I liked it way more than I oh, thought I would. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. I'm saying I loved it. Not that I loved it. I didn't love it, but I loved it. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> but not. <laughs> it was, it was, I, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Because the thing is, it goes back to it's another one like similar to Batman and Superman. Like I'm not a big Hulk guy. Those um, hot lady Moloids. 
Who knew? Yeah, who knew? But I'm not a big Hulk guy, but I find myself, I love Red Hulk, and now I'm liking this. So. You like, like talking monkeys? I do like talking monkeys. Hmm. Now, Josh, I, I don't know if you're like me, but I've been in one big ball of stress reading this latest scalp story. I want to tell you that the first page of this blew my fucking mind away. <laughs> I was like, what is this? This is, oh my God, that's what's been behind this the whole time. And it's a little cheesy, but in the best possible way. Uh, and if you're reading the book, then you will know what I'm talking about, unless you're really bad with picking up on signals. Well, just tell people since... Yeah, uh, so at the very beginning, they show uh, Shunka uh, having some sex. Shunka. And the guy... Shunka. It's he, that's what he says during, that's why. Uh, he's, and the guy says, I think I'm falling in love with you. And then, and then Shunka gets mad and kicks him out, and he says, you're not capable of loving everybody. And then they cut to Lincoln Red Crow meeting Shunka for the first time in a completely different color, and you realize that the whole time... Shunka has just been in love with Red Crow, which uh, I got to tell you, from the first however many trades of this book, I would have never seen that coming, which yep. it's such a it's such a neat moment. <laughs> and it it colors everything that happens in in the book after that uh, for this this. Uh, so that there's a hallway uh, thing that we left the last issue off and it looked like Shunka was going to assassinate Red Crow, but he couldn't go through with it. Um, I really love the redemption of this other character. Uh, uh, what's his name? Carlo. Something like the, that, Carpal. Yeah, like it, like this shitty, horrible sheriff who was getting you know making people making uh, young girls give him blowjobs, and then all of a sudden he goes, "Oh man, I want to be where I want to be a good cop again." Car now, and and so he's he's like single handedly taking on everybody. Uh, well, this, I, I like the fact that the uh, the main character is ostensibly bad horse, although mm-hmm. he's not really. Mm-hmm. Um, he's we, we've been spending most of this storyline with him with his jaw wired shut. Yeah, he hasn't said a word in like months. So you've got the main character who can't talk, which is interesting. And then everyone double-crossing everyone in this issue. Yep. You think, you think the story's going one way. Nope, they're being double-crossed. You think it's going another way. Nope, they're being double-crossed. And the final scene where the sheriff is approaching the, the meth house alone because all of his backup has double-crossed him mm-hmm. with a shotgun. Uh, I, was, I was completely tense. What's going to happen? Yeah, and then it ended because they always fool you with these pages and pages of previews in the back. <laughs> I'm telling you, this 20-page thing, it's got me, it's, uh, it's starting to affect me. I don't even oh, notice more. it. There's no, oh, I totally, I have been re- lately, because it just feels like there's more left, and it always ends sooner than I think it should. Just a little bit. It's just a, I mean, there's a lot of years of reading 22 pages, so it's pretty conditioned. Um, but it's it, like, it, it's totally, a, ah, next! But the one thing you really got from this week, which I mentioned in the Pickle Week review, between Scalped and Hulk and Wolverine and the X-Men, is that Jason Aaron is a very versatile writer. He's the strongest one there is. And there's no one more versatile than him right now. Yeah, totally. Agree. I mean, there, there are people as versatile, but there's nobody more. If you, if you, if you read Scalped back-to-back with Wolverine and the X-Men, it's completely, completely different books. Hard to believe that it's, it's the same person, yeah. Completely different tone, yeah. completely different style of writing. Uh, both fantastic. And Hulk is very good too, and that's completely different too. I mean, I mean, uh, it's funny because you know we've been a fan of Aaron's, you know, collectively Aaron's work for a very long time, but it just seems like this is like the high point right now, like between Wolverine and Wolverine the X Men and Scalped and Hulk and stuff like that. He's just doing some of the best work of his career. It's not a very long career, I know. No. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm saying that in the best Scalped possible started terms. when what was fifty issues, fifty. Yeah, so not even five years ago. About five yeah. years, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, good uh, on him. He gets the. That, he, by the way, just uh, that scalped cover is an amazing piece of artwork. If uh, if if we had a if we had a baseball esque player of the week award, we, we'd give it to Jason Aaron, I guess. I think that's pretty clear this yeah, week because yeah. he had, well, some would say three five star books, and some yeah. would. Oh, we should totally do that. We should do like a uh, creator of the week. Yeah. Creator of the week. <laughs> we get a soundboard. Yeah, exactly. Pew pew pew. that's that's what this show needs I think after all this time we we need to refresh it format change (laughs) format change I want to talk about uh, Justice League Dark number 2 I hesitated picking this up I almost thought eh because quite honestly I'm buying too many comics these days I dropped it the pull, the pull list, uh, and I, I don't. Of course, you dropped it. Why wouldn't you have dropped it? Well, I, I was really curious didn't. about it. I mean, I like the idea, like whatever. But I, but I was doing the same thing. I'm like, I can't. I'm buying too many comics, and so yeah, I, 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 I literally, I, I'm out of money. I, yeah. read, I bought too many comics. Yeah. Uh, this this one though, uh, I really liked this issue. It was very a, good. A lot oh, more than crap. The first one. Really? Oh no, literally. 
dead man at home arguing with his girlfriend. Oh, man. It was the best. They're in a he bar tried. together. <laughs> they're, they're in a bar together. They can't touch each other because he's dead. Right. And he, he goes and he takes over some, like, good-looking young dude. He's like, come on, let's, take, let's go home. Let's do this. And she's like, that's icky. I don't want to do that. And then the guy's girlfriend comes over and he's like, what are you doing? And, and then he has to go with the girls so he can smooth it over and not ruin his life. And then they get home, and there's this, like this. He's in his silly costume, and there's this like frosty, unsaid silence. Uh, it's, and then a girl comes over, and he 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 possesses her, and then the sort tries of off screen, yeah, dove yeah. This girl. Oh, she's like, what kind the of thing is, up male thing is this? And leaves. And now that was the best part of the book, to me. Uh, the rest of the stuff, I'm still not entirely sure what's going on. So, you know, I could read Dead Man at Home. The dead man's arguing at home for a while, but. Um, well, they're gathering the team against uh, yeah. against the Enchantress, so you're still getting people are still coming together. I really liked the John Constantine scene; it was short, but I liked it a lot. Yeah, yeah, it was him. So th- that was that was correct. Uh, and it's really good looking. It's a good looking book. Um, it's sort of like it's it lives between this sort of realism and and, and illustrative thing that I can't quite put my finger on in, in a very good way. Uh, but it was it was a it was a much better than the first one, and that that's that whole scene was great. <laughs> I mean, it was like it was there was, was like singularly a page of that was better than anything I'd seen in that whole issue of uh, DC Presents. You see, uh, you see, that's my fear is that when I finally say, okay, I'm, I'm not going to buy this series, you, you could come you, back and well, it's going to be like, oh, it was listen, good. You know, you can't read everything. Uh, no, I want to read everything, <laughs> and you can't read everything that's good. I know, I know. <sighs> now, big question this week was the new Vertigo book from uh, Brian Azzarello and Edward Ariso for a dollar. For a dollar. Is it worth a shot? I bought uh, it. I am. I'm a little torn on this book. Uh, I dropped off uh, hundred bullets, as many people know. Um, not the, just. I just. I just lost. Lost my track with it. And I, I was sort of half looking forward to this because uh, no one out there draws like Riso. I think that's clear. And the guy has this really wonderful. I don't know how to describe his style. It's very simple. It's very evocative. But it's. Uh, it's. It's very, um, it's kind of elegant in its, its simplicity. And, you know, he's worked with, with Azzarello for a long time. They have a very good communication together. And I'm, I really respect Brian Azzarello, but I don't always enjoy his work, if that makes sense. Like, I think he does really good work, but it's not always for me. At one, and, and then this, this whole thing, it's this sort of future, uh, alternate future kind of thing where they basically the spaceman is the the space program d- decided to make all of these humans who could uh, handle space travel. Uh, so they got these like sort to of Mars. Big, yeah, these sort of big dumb mongoloid. They didn't actually explain to Mars. They didn't explain that in this very much. That was in the little story that was in Bizarre or Strange, whatever it was. Uh, that that anthology that Vertigo did a little while ago. That was what explained that. So that's not in this. So if you don't know it, then then you just know that they keep calling this ape-looking thing, Spaceman. The thing that threw me off um, is that he came up with a form of slang that they use in this alternate future. And I have a hard time reading that kind of thing. But as I kept going through it, I, I couldn't help but respect it because it all made sense. Like, I understand why people would start talking like this. It sounds just as silly as if you heard any sort of urban slang in any part of the country or the, or the world. Uh, it's you know it was very similar, but it was it was and it was very consistent. Like he invented this you know sub language, this dialect, um, and so after a little while, I got used to reading it basically, and I was kind of all right with it. It's it's a little like it's a little challenging, but as it would be trying to listen to anybody that you don't understand completely together. So, but I really I admired the work that went into it. I, I guess um, I, I'm I'm curious. I want to know more, but I don't really know what's happening. That's the I other. loved it. Well, there's that quicker way to say it. I thought it was fantastic. It reminded me of. Um, it reminded me of like, and not not exactly in look or in story or whatever, but like I, I felt like I was reading Frank Miller's Ronin, or yeah, like I, or was, some some Jodorowsky, Jodorowsky stuff. Yes, like it, I was gonna say that that, yep. that was the thing that that sort of slang reminded me of was yep. was Miller work. I loved it. It was like it 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 was some I don't know like I loved the fact that you've got this you know him on Mars and then it shifts to this other timeline. Is this happening in his head because of what happened? on mars or is this really happening like there's a question you're not quite sure um i love the the language use of it risa's art is awesome like for nine issues this is gonna be a nine issue series a nine issue sci-fi kind of out there story i'm on board yeah totally those are two completely different kinds of reviews that you get at ifanboy.com there you go connor (laughs) did you like it or 
I didn't. I didn't go for it. But, wow. Uh, I, I, I might pick it. it up and trade if it's it yeah. gets good reviews. That would be a great. That would be a great little like kind of like day tripper, like a nice nine issue volume, like in a trade. Mm-hmm. Like that might be fun. Like I'm curious to see how it goes, but like I want to see understanding that Azarello and Riso did this hundred issue, you know, uh, magnum opus of the hundred bullets. I want to see what they do in nine issues. They've done they've done shorter no, stories. No, no, I know, I know that. But I'm yeah. just saying, but not in Batman, you know, like you know, mm-hmm. stuff like, like in a creator own well not creator own, but like in a totally unique something brand new kind of thing. Um uh, and I just I, I I was for so I, I went into it skeptical and I was like by halfway through I was totally enraptured. Had, like had it, you read I, the short? No, I didn't read the short. Um, and I kind of got I got the feeling when it was in that whole world with the weird slang. I also got a little touch of like in a video game almost. You know what I mean? Like a oh, yeah. yeah, like a post apocalyptic, not post apocalyptic, but like a different you know kind of or like transmetropolitan. Like these are all these things that were coming to my head that were like these you know, few you know near future foreign yet recognizable you know what i mean like it's like there's a lot of technology in here that you know there's a scene where the dude is um virtually hooking up with a woman you know yeah but it's not like, technology that's so far right, exactly but it was believable yeah and then yeah. and then meanwhile he's wearing a pirate's hat a pittsburgh pirate's hat you know <laughs> like so it's like this you know somewhat you know like there, there's an ipod-esque kind of device and thing you know so i mean it was somewhat somewhat recognizable but also yeah. foreign at the same time which, I also, is, which it, is fun it, it's cool that it's not. It's you kind of got to understand that when Azarello does a story, he's totally not going to spoon feed you. Yeah, you have to just go with it a little bit, yep. and that is tough for some readers. Uh, it is give pretty, yourself some credit. Yep. Yeah, and you also have to like follow through because yep. you'll get it. Um, but no, he's not going to explain everything to you. So if you felt like I don't know exactly, no, you're. It's not you. Yep. You're not alone. Yeah, but uh, it, this is good. This is good stuff. Yeah. What was also good was um, I just want Francis Manipal to draw all the comics in the world. E- oh, Jesus. It's, um, it's not even fair. This, this was also a great week of art. There was yes. a lot of great art. Yes. But, but Manipal was at the top. Dude, the the scene, and we're gonna t- and we're gonna we're gonna attempt to talk about Daredevil later on, but um, <laughs> but Dare, Daredevil, I'm gonna cheat here by bringing it up, but Daredevil and Flash both, um, I love the idea of using comics to visually represent a perception, and the different ways that the artists get that across, and in this particular case, we see as Barry learns how to think fast, you know, how to increase his perception and and use the speed force, but like in his brain. And the scenes where he's like talking to Patty Spivet, and all of a sudden he's aware of everything happening around him, were I thought awesome because their use of color and use of layout, and like by looking at the page, I knew exactly what was happening. Um, and it was just some great storytelling. And this is like we talk about the writer artist, you know, kind of you know, can can you know, can an artist become a writer and do it? I think Manipal and Bucoletto are are excelling because they're they're just telling stories. Um, no, but the, the them working together, they're they're telling a complete story writing art all together and it's getting it's getting across like no other comic book that's on the stands right now i think it's like the scene when the the full page splash and the flash is running and in the speed lines you see trails of of the of the where he's going yes. you know like to the left of it like oh that was with the little stamps like oh it was, it was great i mean every page of this was a marvel it was just like it was so it was great so um i like the fact that they were reflecting the storytelling in, in the way they tell the story, in that it, Flash is learning to think fast, so this, hap- this issue is happening very fast and choppy because he's flying all over the place, and yep. his thinking's his thinking has changed. So they're they're trying to reflect how he lives or experiences life through the way they're telling the story. Yeah, um, and then and the the scene where he like interpreted like when he's like I can see everything that's happening before it happens. I can weigh out every possible outcome, uh, outcome and then make the right choice. And then he he manipulates the tow truck and the apples and the the street light and the kid and you know like and you see the end result and it's the flash doing what he does in with you never see him actually do it you just saw him figure out what he needs to do and then it happens and then there's just barry eating an apple like kingdom come flash it's yeah it really is gorgeous yep it's he could draw all the books that's fine yep i'm I'm totally okay with that um one book one book a year and i and um i love the the title page with the flash in the 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 the, what was it the fourth page where it says the flash think fast like there was also a lot of Contextual uh, sound effects this week too. Yep, I oh, love contextual sound effects. That's my new yeah. favorite thing. It's not really new, but it's one of my favorite things. It's your. It's new for you. Well, it's not new for me. I've always. I mean, enjoyed it's your new it. favorite it's, thing. Well, no, yeah, my current. Favorite. It's new, but it's a new favorite. My latest thing. Yes. I don't. I don't. I don't know. So <laughs> yeah, love the Flash. Manifold can do next, everything. Next week it'll be Golden Age style word balloons. <laughs> hey, I love. The, I love. I miss the old uh, 80s style thought balloons. There were Golden Age, uh, Golden Age style word balloons in uh, Unwritten this week, and I was like, yeah. oh, that's kind of cool. cool. Okay, um, cool. So r- real quickly, want to tell everybody about Graphically. iFanboy is a part of the Graphically universe, and a 
Graphically is where you can enjoy your favorite digital comics with over 5,000 comics from over 250 publishers. Um, comics from Marvel Comics, Boom Studios, Archaea, and now Image Comics is also available up on um, Graphically. And every Wednesday, you want to come check out Graphically to see what uh, what Image and Archaea and Top Cow and other titles are available same day as print, which means that you know available in the store. They're available up on Graphically, so you can get them. Uh, you don't even need to leave your home. You can just get up and go to the computer, or go to the <laughs> iPad, and you don't got to put on pants. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and there's more exciting stuff to come. We got we're bringing on a, a couple of new publishers in November, so you definitely want to stay tuned. And you want to you're gonna want to follow Graphically on Twitter.com/slash/Graphically so you don't miss a thing. And you can read comics on the web, on your iPhone, on your iPad, and at your Android phone or tablet, whatever you want. We've got it. Um, if you've got an iPad, you might want to check out uh, go into the uh, newsstand in iTunes where you can subscribe to The Walking Dead, Invincible, Savage Dragon, Irredeemable, and more, Morning Glories. Um, really cool, specific newsstand apps that delivers the comics directly to you when they come out. Um, also, if you've got a Barnes & Noble Nook or an Android device, you can get the complete Walking Dead, all the trade paperbacks, all the all 14 volumes are available there uh, for download and enjoyment on your Nook Color or Android tablet. Um, and you can also get them in the Android Marketplace as well, so they're there as well. Um, so go to graphically.com. You can find all the information um, and get your digital comics fixed today. It's oh. that time of that time of year. Oh, we, ha- we, we haven't done it in a while, but there's a lot of good books we want to talk about this week, so we brought the bell back. <laughs> now, you, if you're new to the show, you may not you may not know what the bell is. We have I don't even know the last time we did it. It's been at least a year. Yeah. Uh, the bell means we have 15 seconds to talk about each book. At the end of 15 seconds, you'll hear this. And time for the new book. So can, we have a whole list here. Can you can you move the bell closer to your mind? Like it's, it's very faint for me. I want to make sure I hear the bell. There you go. That's better. Oh, okay. that, that's too uh, close. Yeah, no, no, that's good. That's good. How about here? That's perfect. Perfect. All right, perfect. Ron okay. can't hear anything. All right, Ron so, is half deaf. So you're you're on the clock. Are you timing yourself, I'm, or does one I'm of us need to time myself as well? Okay, you sure? All right. Yeah, yeah, you're still fine. going. He's yeah, the, no, it's good. <laughs> we're good. He's the time master. All right, so ready, Ron? I'm gonna count you in in three. Two, one, go. All right, Daredevil number five, again, uh, representing uh, the Daredevil as a blind man and, and visually stunning, and Foggy's getting some, not from who we thought he was getting some, so I, was, I enjoyed Paul, that twist. Uh, Mar- Mar- Marcos Martin. Marcos Martin, yes. Uh, art was amazing um, in terms of representing. Uh, Incorruptible number 23. I'm not going to lie, I was pretty much ready to get off this. Uh, not that it was bad, I was just kind of bored, but then there's a great fight and a resolution between the Plutonian who shows up and max damage, and I was like, nah, and there's a secret thing that happens, and I don't know what it is, and I, I was totally fun. Five stars. Great book. I'm not going to lie, I fell asleep reading Blackhawks number two. <laughs> <laughs> I was on the couch, I woke up half an hour later with the book on my chest, so I probably have to drop it. I feel like that's what that, that's what that means. I feel bad because I wanted to like it. Secret Avengers number 18, the, the fantastic art on Secret Avengers with Warren Ellis continues. This time David Aha comes in with a amazing Steranko-esque uh, uh, issue that, uh, again, makes me wish that Warren Ellis and rotating artists were on Secret Avengers forever because this was just fantastic. And Sang-Chi, um, Master Kung Fu. Uh, Vampire number two. This would suck if it wasn't for the two main characters having formerly been in a relationship. Uh, and I, I enjoy it for that aspect alone. It's they're just fighting all the time, but it's all it's there's this there's this odd tension there between vampires and uh, almost despite myself. Captain America and Bucky six twenty three. I got to the end and I went no because they're done with the World War Two era, yep. which I wasn't expecting. They're going to move on to the the uh, Winter Soldier era, and that really bums me out because I've been enjoying the World War Two stories. I feel like I've been sold a bill of goods. I would read this book forever. Little, little Depressed Boy number seven, one of my favorite comics on the title right now. Um, yes, it's a little emo. Yes, it's relationshipy, But there's something – there's a poetic quietness to this book that I find absolutely compelling. And I don't know if it's because that dude's just got a small happy face because he's a doll or whatever. <laughs> but this book is – It's. I look forward to it. Every issue comes out. Venom number eight is just a wonderful bit of work from both Tom Fowler and Rick Remender. Uh, the it's just it was gorgeous to look at. There was wonderful cartooning the whole way through, and this really odd uh, female villain who I guess I other would know about from other books. But there was a lot of like sexual innuendo going. <laughs> All Star Western number two. We had a backup story by Jordy Bernay and uh, gorgeous. Although it was weird to see him not drawing Jonah Hex, he was drawing El Diablo, and then the main story. <laughs> Jonah Hex shot a lot of people, which, yeah. you know, to me was what I missed. God in heaven. 
uh, convenient how he ends right and then the bell goes. Uh, yeah. F- FF number 11, uh, Barry Kitson can also draw lots of the comics because he's Fuck just yes. fucking awesome. Um, although it fell apart a little bit towards the end. It got a little rough with the heroes. That, that one shot of Reed at the bottom was kind of weird. But um, uh, Supreme War. Speak- Speaking of uh, Jonathan Eckman falling apart at the end, Red Wing number four came out. I don't know how it ended. This is the same thing that happened to me with Pax Romana. I Disagree. All the way through, and uh, I j- it was just the ending was weird, and I'd, I'd have to read it again. was awesome. So. All right, whatever. Yeah, more time. <laughs> now it's over. Uh, <laughs> I yield. Voodoo number two. It was sexy. I mean, Ron Morrison. <laughs> <laughs> He said he's going to do a sexy book, and he's doing a sexy book. Um, uh, <laughs> so there we go. Oh, what we learned from Connor this time out is if you make us laugh, then you're just going to waste your time. All right, I only need one second. Uh, Infinite Horizon number five. I didn't think that was ever going to happen. I, I didn't even know it was going to come out. I know. It's amazing. Four and five are available up on Graphly if you want to catch up. But uh, yeah, I guess they're finishing it. Noto. <laughs> yes. Man, I, f- I found a really helpful function on the iPad that I- iPhone that would have made this much easier. Which, Next time, which was the lap button. <laughs> Instead of trying to stop it and restart it with every person, I just could hit lap every yeah. time. Yeah. Next so, time, people. Next so, time. So uh, yeah. So Josh's favorite feature with the bell is over. So Josh, good job there. I'm glad you survived it. <laughs> so those are the, some of the amazing books that we read this week. Um, but also you and the iFan base, you went out and you read a bunch of comics as well, and you went to iFanboy.com and you rated them and you made your picks of the week. And Josh, why don't you walk, walk us through the top five picks of the week this week? I can do that. At number five, Daredevil number five, we got 2.9%. Number four, Captain America Bucky number 623. There was just not enough of it. Uh, 3.7%. And Flash number two comes in at number three with 15.5%. Pretty big. Amazing Spider-Man wrapping up Spider Island with number 672 at 20.1%. Uh, and Wolverine and the X-Men number one, the overwhelming choice at 45.1% that agree with Connor. Seriously, look at that top five. That's a solid top five. It's a great week. top five. That's and a, and I, could, I could give you another five books that, that could have easily been there. I totally agree. It's a really good week. This week. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, awesome. So uh, you all wrote some reviews. Connor, why don't you take it away? Denver Dave reviewed Aquaman number two and gave the story a five out of five and the art a four out of five and 0.7% of you made it the pick of the week. And Denver Dave says, one thing I found really remarkable about this issue was John's use of the unknown to elicit fear in the reader's imagination. On the dock, the people are terrified. The helicopters hover and Aquaman searches for aquatic life woo, 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 and says, there's nothing out there to respond. No fish, no anything. Leaving us to our wild comic reader imaginations. Did they kill everything in the sea? I felt it built. I felt it built up really well. The coming attack. I'm I'm mixed on this. I I, I don't know how much longer I'm going to last. I love the hell. I, of this I'm not grab. I'm not grabbed yet. Just, I feel me. like I me. feel like Denver Dave is the name of a low grade drug dealer who lives lower, <laughs> nowhere near Denver. <laughs> you got to go see Denver Dave. Oh yeah, no. Oh, you want some of that premium weed? Check out Denver Dave, and he's like in Springfield, Mass. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, he has a fan. Uh, Ivan Rice's art is great. It just that for some, I'm just not like I said. I'm not grabbed yet. I'll stick with it, but I'm not grabbed. So anyway, it's still very much a setup mode. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and there was one little tongue in cheek. You know, it's chainmail or whatever. Whatever the the R. I didn't recognize you that the orange shirt. Yeah. Anyway. Um, all right, our next review comes from Mr. Logical, who reviewed Amazing Spider-Man number 672, gave the story a 5 out of 5 and the art a 4 out of 5, and 20.1% of you made it your pick of the week. And Mr. Logical very logically says that slot story particularly grabbed me because although uh, although threat to Peter's world felt real, it was portrayed lightly enough that it remained fun. There was no shocking deaths or angst-ridden heroes telling us that everything is different now. J. Jonah Jameson got turned to a giant spider monster, and there was never any doubt that things would go back to normal, with everyone enjoying a laugh at the Spider-Mayor's expense. Too many stories. Too many stories try too hard to matter. This one just tried to be fun, and I gotta say, at the end of Spider Island, there were some bumps in the road, um, but I think it came out on the better side of things. It wasn't. I don't. I don't think it was perfect. I don't think it was the best Spider-Man story ever told. I thought it was ambitious. I thought they did a good job. They wrapped it up really well. I thought it tied into Venom the way Venom and Spider-Man dovetailed into each other was effortless. Was perfect. Um, uh, I'm kind of glad it's over though. Um, but it was enjoyable. I, I liked it. I, I would give it probably. I gave it probably a four. So, 
it ended, it seemed to end very strong. People seemed to really like it. Yeah, no, it, it ended very, very strong. Like it started off strong, it wavered a little bit, like in the in the in like the second lap, but then it finished strong. So, well, that's better than than sort of the opposite. Yeah, we're like the first two are really good, and then it ends with a thud. Yeah, exactly, thud. So, <laughs> all right, thud. so uh, on to the email. Um, or, well, no, before I go on to email, go to ifanboy.com. You can do your pull list, uh, get your whole list of comics you're going to buy every week, then come back, rate them on a five-star scale, and write reviews, and make your picks of the week, and we might pick yours and highlight them on the show. So, All right, on to the email. Uh, Deshaun B. writes in, says, why do covers sometimes tell the opposite of what goes on inside the comic book? Like Avengers number 18 indicates there will be a new lineup of heroes and how the covers to team books, Teen Titans and Justice League, have all the members on the cover page, and only two or three of them are actually in it. For the new readers brought on by the relaunch, to see a book with these very popular superheroes on the cover and then buy Justice League for the first time or another team book and the person they're hoping to see isn't there would kind of turn them off to reading that book? Deshaun, they're fucking with you. (laughs) (laughs) That's what's happening here. They are. I'm not even like – they're they're, they're trying to do two things. They're trying to to sell the book to the regular people who don't give a shit what's on the cover. And then they're trying to sell a book to to Johnny Q. Ignorant. That's not you. I'm not saying that, Deshaun. To, who just goes, ooh, Spider-Man, and picks it up. And those two have nothing to do with one another anymore. And that's why I thought it was really cool this week on a bunch of DC comics. They did it last week, too. But they put stuff on the cover that was indicative of what was going on inside. It was some like old-school cover text and telling the story and, and uh, you know, just saying so-and-so appears or, or you know, this is happening. Uh, it's it's a trend that they got into that I really don't like. Well, either. well part of it, I it's, mean, if you go, it's if time you, honored too. It's not like it's new. Yeah, no, well, that's true. Right? Yeah, exactly. Well, if you go if you go into the 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 problem over the past like ten years, five years, or ten years, or whatever, was that because the comics are being solicited three months before they're done, sometimes the covers have to be done before the comic is done. And yep. so what they're doing is they're saying, okay, we'll do the cover so we can include in the solicits, and then somewhere along the line something changes or whatever. And there's a good chance that that Marvel told Daniel Kuna for Avengers 18 draw you know draw a cap picking event you know looking at pictures on a table, and then Bendis is like, yeah, well I'm going to reveal that in issue 19 or issue 20, and I'm going to spread out that story a little more, and and the cover's already done. There's nothing they can do about it. It sucks. Uh, the, I hate you know, this is something I've railed on for years. I hate when the cover doesn't represent what's happening inside. But it's also a way to, to entice you to buy. I mean, one of the most yeah. famous Batman covers ever is Robin dies at dawn, with, with Batman holding his body. He didn't die in the issue. Yeah, but that's. I mean, the whole point is to get you to go, "Ooh, what's going to happen?" And buy it, and then you and then you find out. It's it's not. I mean, that's just the way the comics have always been marketed on their covers is to try to entice you with the most. That's 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 in the in the story tease way, in the in the group shot way. That's just. That's just modern comic covers. They just yeah, throw pinups I mean, on there. I mean, yeah, at some, point, at some point, comic covers became pinups. Yeah, and well, the other thing is, you know, there's a, there are a large number of cover artists, and those are people who put covers on the outside. They don't look anything of what's going on on the inside, yeah, exactly. which I, I tend to not like. No, I think I, – I, I personally, I think if I, if I was running things, if I was running a comic book company, the covers should be contextually relevant to the story inside. And I agree with yeah. you, Connor. They should be enticing, and they should, you know, they should challenge you to say what's going to happen inside, make you want to open it up, whatever. But it should, it should be indicative of what you're going to get inside that issue. There are some exceptions, as I was going to say about like Scalp. That's all right how they do that. Well, yeah, but that's but 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 or uh, Astro City. But I mean, that's yeah. like a yeah. team. Yeah, I mean, but the thing is, the thing is, I would ne- I never had a problem with any of the Astro City covers. I don't know Scalp as well as you guys do, but I never had a problem with the Astro City covers that they didn't they weren't reflective of what was inside. The Scalp ones are. Yeah, they're, they're definitely contextual. Yeah, but uh, I, and but, I think, but it's different artists. That's what he's saying. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it being a different artist. I'm not saying it needs to be an interior artist, although I would prefer that. But I think, but but I think though that there is a thing where it's like sometimes it doesn't fit with the art that's inside. I think that's more what I mean. So if you look at um, Captain America and Bucky, yeah, yes, uh, those, totally agree. Covers have just don't they don't fit on it at all, and and it just they're totally. Yeah, but the reason I people will buy it in the Guinness. Yeah. I, I get it, but aren't Omni. they going to be upset that of what looks inside, or people just no. buying for the cover? I don't think Back anybody can. Nobody can get upset by Chris Omni art. That's a good point, but yeah. uh, I re- uh, those those covers have really been a drawback. Th- of that those those covers work book. against it. Yeah, I totally agree. Yes. And and like and also to a certain degree, um, the Secret Adventures recent issues with the Cassidy covers, they've been good covers. They were much better than his, the Shadowland covers that he did that he phoned in. Um, but they haven't really been reflective of what was going on inside the book at all. Well, the Ultimate yeah. covers. Oh, ulti- oh, don't get me started. The ultimate covers. Holy, oh, what a like- load of horse shit. <laughs> that's that's why I said it. Right? Oh man, man, why do ultimates always suffer from crack covers? Because that that's that's the pinnacle of the pinup cover. That's yes. 
There was a hundred and how many twenty issues until they stopped doing it of just Spider Man swinging through New York. Yeah, like or, weird. Like on a building like, for yeah, the like entire computer generated. Oh, they were bad. Anyway, um, well, they, they got those, away from the computer generated though. Yeah, were those Bagley? They were like, later on. Later on, yeah. they were. Yeah. Ugh. So anyway, okay. On to our next email. Anthony from New York writes, I've been reading comics for a long time. My attitude has basically been, if it ain't wearing a cape, I couldn't care less. I love TV crime dramas. The Wire may be the finest show of all time. I love fantasy, sci-fi, and westerns, but never once read a comic book that didn't involve a superhero. I know I'm missing out on a lot of good stuff, so I'd like to step outside my comfy superhero hero bubble and try some new genres. There's six titles I'm really interested in, but I'd like to start by picking up the first trade of three of the following. So he's going to give us a choice. <laughs> it's very gonna- analytical. Yeah. Tell which one to pick. I so. like the I like the I like the polarizing like is not tell not tell me which three to pick one or the other right of so, these three groupings. Yeah. Choice one is hundred bullets or scalped, 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 scalped. Choice two is Hellboy or Fables. I'll let Josh answer first. <laughs> That's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna say Hellboy. 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 Number three, Fear Agent or Jonah Hex. Fear right. Agent. Yeah, it's tough with Fear Agent. Those are not those are not comparable books. No, and it, like one doesn't cancel no. out the other one. Well, they're yeah, both westerns. Yeah, nah, but Hellboy, Fear Hellboy and Fables Fear. isn't comparable either. That's true, but it's I just one of I think one of them just has a stronger. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I personally for me, I go sci-fi over over western. That's me. No, right. Well, the thing Fear about Fear Agent, sci-fi western, though. Yeah. yeah, but but Fear Agent's been a war book. Fear Agent's been a western. Fear Agent's yep. been sci-fi. It's been all of those things. It's a it's a genre mash against a sci-fi sort of space adventure backup. Uh, overall, though, it has a stronger singular creative and narrative drive than Jonah Hex. Jonah Hex is a lot of I, I, Jonah Hex is really fun to read in issues. I don't know if I would want to sit there and just read a bunch of them at one time. If that makes sense, they're friggin' amazing. They're great. They did sixty issues of great comic books. Hmm. Fear Agent. <laughs> did I convince you? <laughs> no, I said Fear Agent to begin with. Okay, all right. So there you go. So there you have it. So, I've never convinced Connor of anything. I just realized that right now. So scalp, Hellboy, and Fear Agent. That, that's that, that's the majority says. So. No, you, no, go you, back convinced, and, you convinced us to read Fables, the first two trades. Yeah, you didn't finish them. You didn't want to read anymore. Too. I mean, you didn't but want to read, read anymore. This, I, I read, read them. Yeah, we and read you them. Convinced me to read them. I'm thinking about dropping fables. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just—it's been a really long time, and I'm kind of bored. Were you not excited by the, all the TV shows? Oh, oh. <laughs> okay. So if you have any questions, you can email us at contact.fanboy.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right. So on to the voicemail. Our first question's got a practical question. Hey, boys. This is Russ from Illinois, uh, also known as Finn Barbat on the forums, with a perennial question. What do you do with your comics? Um, what do you do? When was the last time you bought a long box? Where are your comics from four weeks ago? Where are your comics from four months ago? As you get older and acquire houses and space becomes a premium, are you still collecting your comics? Personally, uh, anything with a spine winds up on my bookshelf, uh, trades and thick things, and anything that's a single issue, I, I'm starting to view as eventual garbage. So um, just curious, what are you doing with your comics? Thanks, guys. Bye. They're all right here. <laughs> right, right to my left of me. I wish I was kidding. If you, if you hold the mic up to them, you can hear them groan like an old shit. <laughs> I have every issue I've ever purchased in bagged and board. In a long, I bought a long box two weeks ago. Um, they're all here in my sad little apartment in San Francisco. Um, and I have numerous shelves of trade paperbacks and hardcovers and things like that. In fact, I'm running out of space there. Um, I've got like 45 long boxes now. So that's me. I, I'm crazy. I'm getting to be like Russ, I think, uh, in that I don't care about the pamphlets. I can't believe I said that. I don't like I that. Don't yeah. say that. Single issues. I didn't. We I know that. We know I, they're not pamphlets. We know they're not pamphlets. (laughs) (laughs) No one knows why I'm laughing. (laughs) You can clearly tell that I sit in this house with no one to talk to for days and days at a time. At least about this stuff. I just snorted. (laughs) 
No, no. <laughs> uh, I'm starting to believe that my issues are a little bit disposable in the same uh. sense. I don't. I, I can't bring myself to throw them away. I've never put comics in the recycle. No, one time I did. Um, I've never. I've never. I've got nine diamond boxes in my kitchen right now. I need to get rid of. Well, the thing, like the, the thing is, like eventually, like people are like, we'll give them to kids. I'm like, I don't have any comics for kids. I just don't. I'm actually getting to the point where, like, every once in a while, I'll go through my trades and things that that I've gotten, and I don't want all of them just because it has a spine. Doesn't mean I'm ever going to read it again, or I think it's that good. Sort of later on, uh, I, my system is: I have two short drawer boxes in my office. And those take me a while to fill up. I just throw them in there until they get filled, and then I just I just bought a long box to sort of put all those comics in, and I'll, I'll throw it in the basement for now. But I'm sure within a couple of years I'll go through and thin those out and, and give them away, or just bring them to the comic shop or something like that. I, I gotta tell you, what's been tempting is like, especially with those collected editions, like that Incall hardcover that I did the book of the month a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going for like 150 dollars online now. Yeah. Um, I, I, all, I like checked, the, the alias omnibus I have. I could easily get 300 dollars for that. Yeah, I I checked her, I check around every once in a while. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if I'm gonna read this Promethea thing ever again. Except for this week's uh, DC books, I don't have any of the DC books left anymore. I've gotten rid of the, everything. Them. I don't I don't keep single issues anymore. You just throw them away? No, I give them to my girlfriend. She has a library in her classroom, and huh. she has a box of comics, and I give her the, yeah, every week. Uh, I give her those, those DC, those violent, sexist her, DC books. Her Red, Red, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yeah, exactly. she, she didn't want that one. She took, <laughs> she took all the other ones. Um, Voodoo. Uh, Voodoo she took. She didn't take Catwoman. Catwoman either. No, no not Catwoman. Catwoman. But uh, I read them. I do. We do the show. I give them. I give them to her at the end of the week, and she takes them to class. I don't keep them anymore. I don't keep any single issues anymore. I just have the shirts. Like a sucker. Yeah. Yeah. I saw. I don't. I don't want. I don't want them everywhere anymore. I decided. I'm in a Ron, new apartment. What? I'm in a new place. I don't want. I don't want comics everywhere. Ron, what's your what's your what's your end goal? Is it to be buried in them like Kublai Khan? No, no. It's just well, I, I mean, they're, they're, I have a closet, so they're out of like that's the thing. Is like you come over my now you do, but if this keeps going, yeah, let's not worry about that. <laughs> Live every day as are if you, it's your last. Are you going to be on A and E? Stop, stop that. All right. No, I, I, no it's a serious question. Like, are you going to keep them all? Do you lo- want to go back to read them, or is it about possessing them? I don't know. <laughs> now, now is not the time. I didn't know this was a nerve. <laughs> so if you have any questions, you can call in. Leave us a voicemail, 1-888-FANBOYS. It's 1-888-326-2697. It's great to see more people calling in now that we're back on schedule. So get your calls in. You get on the show. It's always lovely to hear from you. And if you can't get enough of this podcast, you want to check out iFanboy Don't Miss, which is our podcast that hypothetically talks to a creator every week about a book that's coming out. Um, we're, we're getting our legs out back from under us after the New York Con, but we should be no, back we're on not. schedule soon. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. That friggin' con. I didn't even get sick. Yeah, I was I trying to explain to somebody why it was so rough, and I couldn't. Yeah. It, was, it just was. It was brutal. But um, but go to go to iFanboy.com or go to iTunes and subscribe to iFanboy Don't Miss, and you hear some great conversations with some great creators coming back soon. What a bunch of douchebags we are. I know. It was always brutal. I know. That's why I, said, that's why I say, like, afterwards, I'm like, I'm like, I could complain, but I can't really. It's not. I, no, I know. It's, it's I know. a comic con. But, it, but yeah. it made me very busy before, and it made me very busy afterwards, and it made me very tired during. Yeah. <laughs> Those are all real things, yep. just like any other job. You may have missed on the feed, we talked about Batman Year One, the latest uh, original animated film from DC's uh, Bruce Timm, his animated department. I'm falling asleep, apparently, again. I must have been reading Blackhawks. Um, so <laughs> oh. if you look back on the feed, uh, me and Paul and Ryan Hopp talked about Batman Year One. It's, it's really, if you're a big fan of the book, you should check it out. It's, it's, uh, it was amazingly well done. Uh, also, if you listen to this, it's, it's Halloween, or it's just Halloween just happened, or it's about to happen, or right around Halloween time. Send in your Halloween costume pictures like we've been doing the last couple of years. I'm trying to get to the end, Josh. Don't, don't distract me. You made um, me laugh today. Shh. Um, so <laughs> send in your pictures. <laughs> Go to iFanboy.com. There's a red post on top. Uh, we, we compile them every year. We've done, it's a lot of fun. We, we, we like getting a ton of photos, photos sent in. So send them in. Go to the um, iFanboy.com. Uh, wow, just, we're just gonna, bail. We're gonna, Pull the ripcord. Bail. bailed out. I just went up. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to put these up for Halloween, and we know it's not going to be Halloween. Yeah. But. <laughs> go, go, to, go to iFanboy.com. Click on the Halloween post. You can get all the instructions how to send it in. Also at iFanboy.com, you can see all the great articles and all the great writings there that have to do about uh, all those wonderful pamphlets. And we know they're not pamphlets. Comics that we enjoy, um, including Connor's Pick of the Week review of Wolverine and the X-Men and all the other great um, uh, writing that's up on there. So find that Josh's out. Josh's Book of the Month review tomorrow. Josh's Book of the Month review is coming out soon. Yes. Whoa. So check that out. Um, Whoa. First Monday. Excellent. And not, that's not Monday. No, it's that's, not. No, it's because the Monday oh. is October 31st. Yeah. Whew. Yeah, so you got another week. Whew. So... 
Uh, also go to ifanboy.com slash about to see all of uh, all of the staff that works at ifanboy as well as our social network links. So you can go follow us on Twitter and you can follow ifanboy at ifanboy.com slash Twitter or at twitter.com slash ifanboy or at facebook.com slash ifanboy. Um, on Wednesday last week, we had our first episode of the New York Comic Con uh, coverage. We hope everybody enjoyed it. And this week, we've got another volume of uh, more great interviews. Um, and if you didn't check out the introduction, Mr. Josh Flanagan deserves a pat on the back for nailing uh, – uh, this this con, I, I love how we all had our, our shiny moments, and we're never gonna do it again. You know, yeah, exactly. That was this year. That was it. But Connor with Seattle with Twin Peaks, and then and then I did the Party of Five one, and then we all kind of worked on the San Diego one, and now Josh with the Night Court one. I'm I'm very proud of you guys. It was good. So ER ER was the oh, the, the ER was great. Was the ER, yeah, ER. We see what happened was that the Seattle one was like that was just to make me and Connor laugh. Yeah, that, that was just it was just, Josh didn't even care about that, right? And I didn't even know what it was. Exactly, exactly. But then we go to C2E2, and Josh takes it up a level. Josh takes it up a notch. <laughs> Why did I do that? That's a – so ugh. yeah. I so, can't believe we pulled it off. Good job. Oh, this show has been all about – that was very nice, but everything before that is just us throwing each other under the bus. <laughs> just Connor's like, hey, you're booking the month to do. And I was like, shut up. And then before that, he's just flailing, and we're like, let's watch where he goes with this. We could save him. No, we're good. No. Okay. We could, we, we, could, we could come in. If you want to write to us, you can write to contact at ifanboy.com, or you can leave an email at 888-FANBOYS, which is 326-2697. We answer that stuff here on the show, or the emails we'll do in the letter columns, which come out on the, on the website every Friday. That's good stuff, too. Uh, questions, comments, concerns? any of that stuff uh write us call us let us know what you think what you want something connor can you handle this i can if you like the show or the don't miss show or the video show go to itunes and write a review it's how people find their podcasts and if they're looking for a comic podcast maybe they'll like ours so if you write a review it'll help them find it or other podcasts there's other ones out there they may not be as good or they might be better who knows but they're out there so write reviews for them too any show you listen to they'd really appreciate it even better than that is to tell your friends who read comics comic store people People in the industry, other comics journalists, <laughs> anyone really. I want to go on one of those panels, man. <laughs> just at the end go, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so until next week, I'm Ron. I'm Connor. And I am Josh. This eruption and the stagnation you didn't know had it in me without our love and unspent